Amen and amen. If you have a copy of God's Word, please open your Bible with me to the book of Romans. Uh, We are going to be in chapter 15, so Romans 15. While you're turning there, just a couple of quick notes. Uh, We're uh, very encouraged to have the Green family with us today. Uh, And as you came in today, you probably saw those gorgeous floral arrangements that uh, were there yesterday as we celebrated the life of our brother Wayne and uh, they were an encouragement to us yesterday and it's fun to have them out there today and it's an encouragement to us as a church family to have Miss Mary your entire family here with us today so uh, thank you all for being here. Uh, I also want to mention and remind you that tonight uh, we are going to have a very special gathering uh, our first Sunday fellowship at 5 p.m. It's for all of our families to come join us as we pray together and observe communion. We're going to do the Lord's Supper tonight at 5 o'clock right here in this room. And that is a family gathering, okay? So hear me say that. Uh, We want your kiddos to come. Uh, So listen, I know what some of you are thinking. Well, if I come with my kids, it's going to be hard for me to concentrate and really do the Lord's Supper. So why am I even doing that? Well, did you know that sometimes family discipleship is hard? Right? But there's something to your kids seeing you, even if it's a tough night. Uh, But there's something to doing that together as a family. So we want you to know that if your kid is being the rambunctious one, that my kid very likely will outdo them, okay? So don't worry about it. We're going to be here as families, as one family, taking time to pray tonight. Also, if you're like, prayer meeting, that sounds scary. You're not going to have to pray out loud. Uh, And tonight, just to give you inside baseball, we're not even going to put you in smaller groups to pray. So it's going to be a time of really you and the Lord. It's going to be us praying together, but you talking to the Lord and doing business with him. So please make plans to come tonight if you can. We would love to pack this place out as we just spend some time before the Lord and also uh, observing the Lord's Supper together. And then the last note I want to make is... This card I will tell you about in a little while. Somebody said, oh, that's the perfect size to take notes. I mean, you can do that, but then you're going to ruin why this card was in your seat, all right? Uh, so if you've, some of you are like, I already wrote song lyrics on it, that's fine. We have extras in the back, but we'll talk more about this in a little bit. So we're in Romans 15 with a brand new series that we are calling God of blank. Now, I'm not editing a cuss word there. It's fine. Don't worry. But over the next several weeks leading up to Easter Sunday, what we're going to do is be filling in the blank by talking about who God is and how God works in our lives. So every week we're going to have a different word in this blank that we're going to think about that will help us understand who God is and how God works in our life. A.W. Tozer, theologian and pastor, said it this way, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. So what is it that you think of? What did your mind go to when you saw that blank today? That is a very important thing that that changes the way you interact with the Lord and it changes the way you live your life. So my hope is that over the next several weeks, we're going to kind of learn to play the word association game that we find in the Bible. You're familiar with word association, right? Like when I say peanut butter, you say... All right. Uh, Okay, so for context football, I say Pat, you say? All right. I say Dallas Cowboys, you say Super Bowl, right? Uh, I had to feel, I I figured some of you would come up with too many creative ones, so I didn't want to pause there. 
But, but here's my heart, church. My heart is that you guys and all of us as a church family in the next several weeks would have language that when we hear God, we think love, mercy, grace, and even some words that may surprise you like justice, even judgment. Oh, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> Right, but that we would have some biblical, godly language to think about God in a way that the Bible says He is. I've just been reading the Word over the past several weeks, and I've seen several of these phrases where the Bible will say, like, may the God of blank fill you with this, this, and this. And over the last couple of months, the Lord has just put this series on my heart, and I'm so amped up and pumped to share it with you today. So off we go, and our first word, the first thing we're going to study together is the God of encouragement. We're going to talk about the God of encouragement and we're actually going to spend a couple weeks here in Romans 15, but I want to start with the first six verses today. So let's pray. Uh, actually, let's read this, then we'll pray and study this text together. So Romans 15, starting in verse 1, the word of the Lord says this. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. I even read you an extra verse. Let's pray. I'm just too excited. I'm just going to read the whole thing. Oh, Lord, we are excited, and I pray that today we would be encouraged as we approach your word together. Oh, thank you for being the God of encouragement. And I pray that, Lord, we would receive that encouragement as you know we need today. Each and every person under the sound of my voice here in this room, watching live, listening later, Lord, I pray that you would use this word to make us who you want us to be. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, the book of Romans is awesome. I love it. You know that because we teach out of it very regularly here. Paul had never made it to Rome, so he's not been there yet and didn't really know if he ever would. So because of that, when he sat down and put pen to paper or spoke this to a scribe who was writing it down, either way, when, when he wrote this letter, he really just unleashed both barrels of the gospel. All of his teaching, all of his content we find here in this letter. It's why it's one of the longer letters that we have of the Apostle Paul. And in masterful, brilliant strokes through chapters 1 through 11, he is just laying out the nuts and bolts of the gospel in profound and incredible ways we've gone in depth in several of those passages but starting with chapter 12 and going to about chapter 14 he's going to say okay so if this gospel the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the price for our sins so that we might have life if he died on the cross as an atonement for our sin a propitiation to satisfy the wrath of God so that you and I could have a right relationship with a righteous God because this is true how should that change our relationships how should that change the way we interact as a church and really the thrust has been somewhat unity and learning to love one another and learning to walk as the people of God anybody struggle with that everybody okay all right 
It's just the reality. It's a hard thing. But here in chapter 15, the, the thrust is a little bit different. Paul is talking about how the church should be involved in each other's lives, specifically in the area of spiritual growth. He's talked in the previous chapters about getting along, and certainly that's important, but the thrust seems to be not simply relational strife, but rather intentional spiritual relationships, like intentionally walking with Jesus together, growing together in Christ. So here's my simple summary that you're going to hear me say over and over this morning that I hope you walk out with today. The God of encouragement uses his people to encourage one another. The God of encouragement uses his people to encourage one another. If there is anything in our world that is in short supply today, it's encouragement. We live in a world of criticism, uh, really cynicism, if we just want to be blunt about it, a critical culture, discouraging culture. That's the primary marks of modern culture in many ways is cynicism and discouragement. But Jesus is inviting us to be a countercultural people. A people that would be encouraged by the God of encouragement so that the God of encouragement could use us to encourage other people. That's a lot of encouragement, isn't it? But that's the heart of this text. And it all really revolves around verse 5. Look at that with me again, the first part in particular. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus. We'll come back to that. But the first thing I want us just to stop and marvel at for a moment and rejoice in is the fact that we have a God of endurance and a God of encouragement. Aren't you thankful for that today? And if you're not, then you need to be encouraged to be encouraged by the God of encouragement and endurance. This is so good, friends. It's worth considering both of these words for a moment. I want to tackle them in reverse order. Let's talk about encouragement first. Even for church folks, we've kind of turned God into some sort of cosmic principle, uh, principle uh, roaming the hallways of our heart to see if we're skipping class or not, right? Now, we have a lot of principals and educators and administrators in the room. We love you. Sorry for the stereotype, but we're just going to go with it, right? Or we see God as like the, the angry old man up in the sky who's keeping tally of what's going on in our lives and if we're doing good or if we're doing bad. But, but I want to just stop for a minute and, and just say, if you don't hear anything else I say, please hear this today. God wants you to be encouraged. God wants you to be encouraged. I love this word encouragement because in the Greek language, it comes from the word paraclete. Now, you know, I'm not like Greek language throw out words guy. All right. It's just not what I generally do. But I thought maybe paraclete would be familiar to some of you because this is the word Jesus uses in John chapter 14 to describe the Holy Spirit. Comforter helper all of these words come from this same word that we get this word encouragement so so don't miss why this is incredible to me as i was thinking about this this week i, I just was amazed that the holy spirit god sent us the encourager so that we might be encouraged i, I think that's good you don't have to but i think that's good the encourager resides in me so that I might be encouraged. I just want you to breathe in the reality that God loves you and wants to see you encouraged today. 
we, we live in a culture and we live with flesh that constantly has ourselves just judging our own selves and beating ourselves up. We, we look into our own minds and we're discouraged. We look around us at the state of the world and we're discouraged. We get online and we're discouraged. We turn on the TV and we're discouraged. Sometimes even we go to church and we're discouraged. We're around our family and we're discouraged. We see things in our city and our nation and we're discouraged. We're defeated. We're downcast. But I want you to remember that you have the Holy Spirit of God, the encourager, residing in you. And when we look to Him, friends, we are lifted up. So do you need some encouragement today? I want to just challenge you and help you know where to look. We have a God who encourages us through his Holy Spirit that resides in those who call on Jesus as Lord and Savior. You have the encourager inside of you. I could just camp out on that for a while, but we got a lot to do today, so let's keep rolling. Besides this God of encouragement, we see the text also say that he is a God of endurance. Now, when you hear endurance, you probably, like for me, I think of hanging on and making it through really difficult things, right? Like, I think of going on a long run. You can tell, look at me, it's been a minute, but I remember that. <laughs> I think about potty training, like two very different things. Now, if you run a marathon, I hear that you run into some trouble sometimes, uh, kind of two for one. But, sorry, that's uh, Brad shaking his head no, saying move on. <laughs> kind of makes me want to stay though I'm a little rebellious pray for my heart uh <laughs> he says no maybe I should drill down on this a little more apparently when you run no I'm kidding but when we think of endurance we tend to think of just hang on and get through it but that's not really the heart of the word endurance here in the text this is talking not about just dragging yourself through something difficult like fake it till you make it level but instead this call to endure is a call for us to keep going to keep going. This is a needed word for us today, isn't it? We live in a discouraging world that, that has a way as we go through the day in and day out doldrums of life. It just has a way of zapping our joy and our encouragement, doesn't it? Like it just has a way of taking us out of the game. And we can find ourselves completely sidelined from the work God is doing because we're discouraged by the world or by our own lives and by the things happening around us. We fight the urge to just live inside this device and the screen that's before us all the time. We, we drag ourselves to work day in and day out. We're trying to fight the demons of our past and our present while trying to work to make a future. And it just seems like it goes on and on and on and like we haven't won a battle in ages. Do you ever feel that way, friends? It's so easy to get there. I think the Lord knew that you and I would struggle with half-hearted living because of discouragement. Because there's so many scriptures calling us to be encouraged. Think of Galatians 6.4. Do not grow weary in doing good. Why did he have to tell him that? Right? The, the whole letter is about if Jesus has saved you, then be transformed and walk in freedom, joy, love, and all the fruit of the Spirit are just going to start developing in your life like nobody's business. Hey, don't get tired of doing good. That seem a little, you know, like at the end of a sermon, if I was like, well, I actually do this pretty regularly, so you're used to it. <laughs> right? Like at the end of the message, I'm like, you're not going to be good at this. <laughs> right? 
It's a call to not grow weary because we have to know we're going to have to rely on the Holy Spirit and the encourager inside of us to keep going in this world. You don't have to do this on your own. When we talk about the God of encouragement, it's called, and the God of endurance, the hope is that you recognize you're not called to endure on your own. This isn't like, tie, you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and make it happen, endure. No, the call is to put your eyes on Jesus. Put your eyes on the encourager, friends. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, you can keep going. Oh, do you remember the classic text? Peter gets out of the boat. Jesus says, come on. Peter's like, I got this. And man, that dude's walking in faith that, that I don't know that I've had before in my life. Bold enough to step out and starts walking on the water. But what happens? He gets distracted. He takes his eyes off Jesus. He, he feels the wind and the waves. He sees the danger, the distractions of the world come. And before long, he's starting to sink. But even then, Jesus reaches down and grabs him. Oh, friends, even if you're distracted today, can I tell you the Lord sent me as his messenger to say that he's here with an outstretched arm ready to lift you up today. If you've been distracted by the things of the world, he's here today ready to pull you out of that discouragement today. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, you can keep going. Aren't you thankful we have a God of encouragement and a God of endurance? Yes. Oh, we need him. But here's what I need you to see in this text. The God of encouragement calls you to be an encouragement to others. The God of encouragement calls you to be an encouragement to others. Verse 5 is wild to me because really what we have here is a prayer from Paul. He's praying that the God of encouragement would give us the same attitude as Christ. Some of you are reading out of the NIV today, and you're going to see that it says, have the, the, I'm praying that you may have the same attitude Christ have. May God of, the God of encouragement give us peace and give you the same attitude Christ had. I don't know about you, but people talk about needing an attitude adjustment. I don't know if there's anybody in here who doesn't need an attitude adjustment if the call is to have the attitude of Christ. That's a powerful and bold prayer, isn't it? Paul says, hey, uh, church in Rome, my prayer for you is that you just have the same attitude as Christ. Wow. Powerful. Paul says, I'm praying that the God of encouragement would help you become an encourager. We see this called encouragement throughout this entire text. If you're looking at your Bible, you see verse 1 is going to say that we who are strong should bear with the failings of the weak. That, that we should seek to please our neighbors and build one another up. Verse 3 is going to appeal to Christ. It says, hey, he didn't live for himself. We shouldn't either. Our lives are to be spent encouraging and helping one another. Church, this is incredibly countercultural, but it's so, so important. This is the way of Christ. To live your life for the sake of encouraging others. I love that this passage comes in the book of Romans. Here's why. Like some of you are like ready to write me an e email and be like, uh, Pastor, Romans 9 seems to talk about the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. How do those two go together? 
Like you want to get all theological and just go there because it's almost easier to argue theology in the book of Romans to when you get to verse 15, chapter 15 and he's like, hey, are you being an encouragement to one another? Some of you just immediately, you're like the woman at the well. Do you remember her? Like Jesus touched on the most sensitive part of who she was. Do y'all remember John chapter four, the Samaritan woman? I'm, I know I'm going, you're like, what are we doing right now? Here's what I'm saying. The Lord likes to touch on the most sensitive part of who we are, but we're just like the woman at the well. Do you remember that? He, he, Jesus said, yeah, you, that's right. You don't have a husband. Go, you know, you're living with a dude now, and it's like the fifth husband you've had. And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you remember how she deflects? Well, our people worship on this mountain, and your people worship on this mountain. Answer this big theological quandary, Lord. It's like, let's get it off of me, right? But I love that in the book of Romans where Paul has not held back some hard, stunning, glorious truths of the gospel in Romans 1 through 11, but it's almost as if he's saying, if you do not understand, if you do not get this, then all the rest of it almost doesn't matter. Like, you don't understand the gospel if you're not using the gospel to be encouraged and to be an encouragement to others. As we're encouraged by the Lord, we in turn should be seeking to encourage one another. And this encouragement helps all of us keep going. So this is our big truth. The God of encouragement uses his people to encourage one another. But what I want us to do is look at both the why and the how of this truth for a few minutes. Both of these are critical. First, let's talk about the why. Why are we to endure and be encouraged? Why does God want to do this in us? And the answer in the text is unity. Unity. Look at verse 6 with me. That together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this series that we had over the last several weeks, we talked about the danger of being shaped by the culture instead of being shaped by the Lord. And I think this is one of those areas, friends, and this is a sneaky area where we have been shaped by the culture instead of being shaped by the Bible and by the Lord. Our culture has this idea of individualism, right? Where, where it's really, the focus is on us. And I want to tell you that that individualistic thrust has moved into Christianity and the church and into our faith. Our religion is all about us. I mean, even in our secular culture, that's what they say. Well, that's a personal thing. It's okay for you to believe what you want to believe, but, but that's not something you should talk about. It's a personal thing. But even as Christians, we've gotten to a place where our faith is a personal thing. It's about me and my relationship with Jesus. It's not often that you hear the biblical reality that this relationship with Jesus is meant to be nurtured, grown, and planted in the, the garden of a congregation of people. The Bible's going to teach this. Your faith is not simply an individual faith. Let me just say it this way. Spiritual growth is a group project. This isn't a solo job. Spiritual growth is a group project. This is why you hear us talk about the importance of being part of a church. I, you, you know this. We're not just trying to get a bunch of people in here. That's not our deal. But if you don't go to this church, you've heard me say this. Go to a church, preferably one that uses the Bible. That's kind of our, you know, that'd be good that worships the Lord. 
But your faith is not meant to grow in isolation. Your faith, your growth in Christ is a group project. Together with one voice, the goal of the church is that we would be a people glorifying and honoring Christ. So what that means is that church is not a performance. You're not coming here so that our worship team and our children's ministry and youth ministry and so that as I'm preaching, I can help you continue to grow in your faith on, we even use this language, your faith journey. But can I tell you what God's doing with us as a church? God has called us here so that we can be yoked together. It's like a team of mules that we can be yoked together, pulling in the same direction for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now listen, in chapters 12 through 14, there's plenty of unity talk when it comes to getting along, and that's important. Like, you can't be going in the same direction if you're pulling in separate directions, right? It's not going to work out. But unity means much more than just everybody being cool with one another. Unity means that we, as the people of God, are growing together, that we are serving together, that we are doing what it is that God has called us to do as the people of God together. That's biblical unity. This is why God calls us to encourage one another. But now we're to my favorite part of the message. It took us a while to get here. I got to get some water. That's how fired up I am. Some of you are a little nervous. (laughs) How does God encourage us? So we've talked about why he encourages us for the sake of unity, but how does he do it? Friends, this answer shouldn't surprise you, but I think it might. We've already talked about the Holy Spirit residing in us, the encourager, yes and amen, he encourages us. But this text specifically is going to point to the word of God. I absolutely love this. Let me show it to you in scripture because some of you are looking at me like a calf staring at a new gate. Verse four, look at it. For whatever was written in former days, this is the scripture, was written for our instruction. And don't miss this language. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So do you see what's happening in verses four and five? So it's saying, hey, God's given you the scriptures. He's given you the Bible so that you can endure and you might be encouraged. And then verse 5 said, may the God of endurance and encouragement. So how does the God of endurance and encouragement help you be encouraged and help you endure? Through the living and active word of God, friends. Oh, he's given us his word. The God of endurance and encouragement has given us the scriptures that we might endure and be encouraged. The Holy Spirit, the encourager, the comforter that resides in us wants to use the word of God to encourage us, but also to equip us to encourage others. Are you discouraged today, friends? Are you in the middle of it? Are you going through a difficult time and you just need some encouragement? Oh, please do not turn on social media and start scrolling to find encouragement. Please do not turn on your TV to find encouragement. Don't run around finding something else to satisfy. Don't get another pint of ice cream. I mean, pretty good though. It's temporary encouragement. Also encouraging you toward type 2 diabetes. It's dangerous, slippery slope. Be careful. I speak from experience. Friends, run 
to the word of God. Run to the word of God. The word was written so that you could endure, so that you could be encouraged. I just want to linger on this for a minute because I, I just know how the flesh works and how the devil works. When you're discouraged, the last thing you want to do is open the word of God. Isn't that weird? Like we, this, the Bible said it, and many of you, like if, we, if I passed a test around and said, where's the source of your encouragement? You would probably, even if I didn't give you multiple choice, you would say, faith, the Lord, and how do we hear from the Lord? His word. So you would get there. It's the scriptures. Yet when you are discouraged, can I tell you, it's so easy to run to other sources of help. Some of you spend your life running to things that won't satisfy Maybe it's a, a new relationship. Maybe it's a new church. Maybe it's a, a special sermon or some sort of experiential moment you're looking for. Maybe I need to find a new house. Maybe I need a new job. Maybe I, I'm just so beaten down and discouraged that, that nothing helps. So you just keep trying things. Oh, but I pray that we would know and believe that our hope comes from the encouragement of the Scriptures. Friends, I want to challenge you in those moments of discouragement to open up the Word of God. You'd be surprised how the Lord uses that. I mean, this morning, I was just thinking through this message, and I was like, man, I'm hyper, I'm anxious, I've had too much coffee, and i got to preach this message, and it's a brand new series, and I'm just going to, you know, look crazy up there for 30 minutes. And some of you are like, well, prophecy. <laughs> but I just went into my office. I went into my office, and, and I was thinking, settle down. You know, I'm doing breathing exercises. I'm in there, you know, just trying to chill out, and maybe another cup of coffee will settle down the cups of coffee I've had so far. And in that moment, I was like, I just need to open the Word. I need to open the word. And when I opened the word, I opened it to Psalm chapter 19, verse 14. Which if some of our liturgical brothers read this every time before they preach, this is a good preacher's prayer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And I was encouraged. I didn't need someone to say, hey, Rusty, you're a good preacher, man. You're going to do great. I mean, that kind of encouragement, you know, thanks, I appreciate it. But that's some encouragement right there. That when I just offer this to the Lord and say, this is yours, that, that he does work. Run to the scriptures. Let the encourager encourage you. It will change your life. But again, friends, it doesn't stop there. Because just using the Bible, the Lord doesn't want to just use the Bible to encourage you, but He wants to use the Bible for you to encourage others. He wants you to share that word. And I really believe this could change the way we interact with each other as the body of Christ. Again, we've individualized this. I'm looking for a word for me, right? But what if you read the Bible not only for the Lord to encourage you, but you said, Lord, help me use the scriptures to be able to encourage other people. What would it look like for you and I to use the Bible as our primary mode of encouragement in the lives of our brothers and sisters? Some of you are like, I know, you know, I don't mind visiting with people. In fact, I love visiting with people. I love getting to say hi and chat with you guys. But I know some of my friends who are like, small talk is the worst, and I hate it. And I get it. 
But what if we didn't have to scramble for things to talk about? What if we weren't like, hey, how about those Jayhawks or those Wildcats? I tried to say both, so don't get mad, please, right? Oh, man, let's talk about any weird, quirky weather we've had over the last 24 hours, right? Like, we just try to, what, what if the first thing in our hearts and our minds when we were visiting with our brothers and sisters in Christ was to try to encourage one another with the Word of God? Isn't that a game changer? God stands ready to speak to you in such a way that you can speak to others in a way that encourages them at a spiritual level that goes way beyond the simple talk of our culture. We ought to have brothers and sisters encouraging us, and we ought to be encouraging our brothers and sisters by speaking and sharing the Word of God. Now, I want to just say to some of you maybe today are thinking, this, this whole encouragement thing, this sounds almost kind of like a fluff, happy, like, hey, encouragement. Can I just tell you all, this is so stinking real. Stinking real, for those of you taking notes. It's apostrophe, no G. I wrote this message called The God of Encouragement on a week where I probably worked 65-ish hours. We had two funerals that I had to plan and help lead, two families that are grieving that we love, and spent about 12 hours attending a conference that was talking about the abolition of abortion and the reality that over a million babies every single year, 20 a day right here in Kansas. And that's just at the abortion mills. That's not pills. And then I sat down and said, the God of encouragement. No, 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 no. This isn't empty, make you feel good for a few minutes kind of encouragement. How can we be encouraged in this kind of world? How can we be encouraged with the real-life struggles that we're walking through day in and day out? How can we be encouraged in the midst of this culture? Can I tell you why I was encouraged? Number one, because walking with two different families in our church who were going through an immensely difficult time, I got to see them cling to their Savior and be encouraged by their faith. I sat in a room with a few hundred people and then at times was watching online with hundreds of people from around the country at this conference. There were people from all over the nation who came to Wichita to say, what can we do to abolish abortion? And we were encouraged. Guess what they did? It wasn't just a bunch of lectures and they praise God. It wasn't political. Can I tell you what it was? It was a bunch of preaching. Amen. That through the encouragement and endurance of the scriptures, we might have hope. So may the God of endurance and encouragement, regardless of what you're going through, brothers and sisters, regardless of what you're facing, regardless of what you're fighting, regardless of what your life looks like today, may you find encouragement from him. But also, may you be bold enough to share that encouragement with others. I want to help you do that today. So y'all got in your seat today a card that said, keep going. And on the back, you'll notice it's blank. Uh, so the front is not the important part of this card, though Jessica did a great job, didn't she, designing that for us in a very short amount of time. But on the back of this card, you will see that it's absolutely blank. And here's what I want us to do today. I want you to take this home, and I want you to pray about somebody that you could encourage. And how do we encourage one another? 
it might be some encouraging thoughts, but I want you to include an encouraging verse from the Word of God. You're like, oh, well, pastor, I don't know what verse to... Step one, read the Word of God and be encouraged, <laughs> okay? Step two, share that encouragement with somebody who needs it. Maybe it's your boss, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's someone in your life group, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a neighbor, I, I don't know. But, but can I tell you, I, I've just been so happy as I've thought this week about hundreds of people in our community and in our spheres of influence who are going to have a moment to be encouraged this week. So don't just take this and throw it away. If you took notes on it, grab another one off the back table as you leave. Pray about who it is that the Lord would want you to encourage. And it's not just about creating moments. You'll see this does have our name really small there. There's not even an address on here. This, this would get an F in marketing. We're not trying to market. We're trying to encourage people. So, yeah, those encouraging moments are pretty cool, but can I tell you what I'm hoping will happen? Is that in doing that, in your obedience to the Lord, you would say, that was awesome. And that you would continue to go back to step one, read the word of God and be encouraged. Step two, use the word of God and encourage others. And that this would become a way of life. May the God of endurance and encouragement use his people to encourage one another. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being an encourager. Thank you for sending the encourager, your Holy Spirit, to dwell within us and help us be your people living for your glory. God, I pray today that you would help us not only to be encouraged by you so that we can endure and keep going, but Lord, that you would help us know how to help others keep going. Lord, that you would use even, I pray over every one of these cards today, God, the hundreds of interactions in our city this week that will be encouraged to continue on in what you've called them to do. Oh, Lord, may those moments spur more moments like that over the days, weeks, months, years ahead as we as a church seek to be changed by you, the encouragers, so that we can encourage those around us. Oh, God, thank you for what you're going to do.